The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride. I am Nick Schwartz with Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen. Fellas, it's been a couple of weeks. The Chiefs had their bye week after the win over the Dolphins in Miami. And now, all of a sudden, boom, second half of the season, Super Bowl rematch. It felt like because of what Miami was doing offensively that that was the biggest game of the season. And I think you could make the case that it was up until this point. I would make the case that not only is this Eagles game now the biggest game of the season, with the way the AFC is shaking up, is it wrong to think that this is the biggest game the Chiefs will play in the regular season all year? Yeah, I definitely would say that um, this is probably the biggest game of the season because, I mean, just from a record standpoint, unless the Chiefs take a couple of losses that put the, their record back to some of the other so-called AF, AFC contenders, then the AFC, if, you know, the Chiefs kind of already in the driver's seat and in control of their own destination. so kind of showing and coming out and proving how they stack up against what's right now the best team in the league from a record standpoint, right? I think this does um, make it the biggest game of the season, number one in both divisions, number one and two in the, in, in the NFL. So definitely think it's, it's, it's the best game and in, in the biggest game of the season. What do you think, Nate? I mean, normally the past three, four years, it's all been about the AFC. It's all been about the Bills, the Bengals. Those are the games we're circling, mm-hmm. but with the way – teams are playing like Maurice said AFC playoff seating isn't even really on my mind at this point yeah well it's a measuring stick game right when you measure yourself against the best teams in the NFL I think the Eagles and the Ravens have been the two best teams in the NFL besides the Chiefs the Chiefs do not play the Ravens this year so this is their opportunity to measure themselves against what I believe to be the true contenders of the NFL the teams that are uh, elite and yeah you know you're gonna have a shot potentially in the Super Bowl if the Eagles meet again and you'd rather win that one than this one but I still think there's a lot of value in just winning a football game against a great team it gives you confidence going into the playoffs that you can do something it gives you more experience you know I know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year but you could always use more experience at big games especially at home so yeah I think it's just always a good opportunity to measure yourself up against the best teams in the NFL when you play a team as good as Philadelphia this is going to be a Monday night matchup, so we get to wait an extra day before this one, which I like the primetime games. You get to sit back, watch Red Zone, and then lock in, only game on on Monday night. Maurice, before we get to our keys for this week, what's the latest on the injury report for the Chiefs? Right now, as far as the Chiefs, um, per Andy Reid and per the injury, official injury report that came out today, everyone practiced as supposed to practice. Um, 
even Richie James that's on injury reserve still listed there. He was a full participant. So everybody was a full participant in practice today. Um, far as the Eagle side, um, only person you had out today that did not practice was Dallas, um, Dallas Goder, a uh, gooder, I'm sorry. And then um, you had a limited participant in practice in Julius Evans, the safety and everybody else on the injury list was, was full participant. So looks like both teams are coming into this game fairly healthy, you know, outside of Nick Bolton, who of course for the chiefs is still mm-hmm. on injury reserve with the wrist injury. So yeah, f- fairly healthy team on both sides of the game. It looks like this week, which, which is good. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing I always, when you're getting ready for a big rivalry game or a game that you feel like means a lot, I know sometimes there's this tendency to where you'll take whatever break you can get. Hey, if they're starting cornerbacks out, if they're starting wide receivers dealing with something, sometimes you just take those, you take those small wins, those small advantages. But I don't know if I'm, if I'm a glutton for punishment or a purist, but like, I want to see the best teams play each other when they're both at full strength, because I don't want an asterisk. If the Chiefs beat the Eagles on Monday night, I don't want people saying, oh, well, it's because this guy was hurt, that guy was hurt. I love it when both teams are at full strength. Absolutely. When you get both teams at full strength, I think that's when you really like, like Nate was saying, with the measuring stick where you can measure yourself against the best. It's hard to do that when key people is missing because people always use that excuse. Well, we didn't have such and such. They didn't have, you know, what they want. Like, I think this takes all of that off the table. If Definitely if everyone stays healthy throughout the game, um, it takes all of that out the table and you get to really see, like, even, even now, like, you get to see a, a healthy Patrick Mahomes without an ankle injury going into the game, right? You get to see that. I know um, they were saying Jalen Hurst was a little banged up, but not nothing up. He's not on the injury report, so we're not going to let that excuse ride, right? So we we get to see everybody at their full strength, and it, it, it's going to be an exciting game, man. Yeah, he was injured uh, a couple of weeks ago. They asked him after the game. He said, I'm going to be fine, so I'm going to take him at his word. All right, let's get to the keys for this one. Nate, we'll start with you. What do you got for us? Yeah, so – Looking back at last year's Super Bowl against the Eagles, what was the big difference in the second half of that game? It was the first drive coming out of halftime, and the Chiefs went under center. They put three tight ends on the field, and they ran the football. And that was the theme of the entire game, too. They used it as the way to uh, help get Travis Kelsey going in the middle field. And that was a theme of last year's Chiefs team. Last year, I'm just going to use expected points added, which is EPA for people that listen that don't know what that means. It's basically just like weighing kind of plays by situation instead of using like yards per play. Last year, the Chiefs in 10% of their snaps played with three tight ends on the field and they averaged 0.35 EPA per play, which would be like double the best offense in the NFL right now. So they've been shred, they shredded teams out of that last year. This year hasn't been as successful for the Chiefs. It's still not bad. They average 0.1 EPA per play. The success rate is lower, which 0.1 EPA per play still is like a top five offense. So that's really good. But that's still a noticeable drop off from where they were last year. And I think some of it honestly is the fact that Jody Fortson is hurt. I think some of it is the fact that the Chiefs, um, there's more film on how to stop it. Last year was more of a novelty. This year, it's a lot more of just like a thing teams prepare for. But against this Eagles team, that's something you probably want to do again, right? The defensive line is still very formidable. They're still not great in the second level at linebacker, at safety especially. Like Those two positions are a bit of a problem. So I want to see the Chiefs get back to their old ways when they have three tight ends on the field. I want them to have the explosive pass, and they, then they'll run the ball. Those have been two things they've struggled at this year for the most part. 
And my hope is that this specific matchup, they can get into heavy personnel and kind of get back into a rhythm of where they were last year. I apologize if you missed this, Nate, but are they running those heavy sets less than they were last year? Or is it just no? They're actually it's it's nine in. I think it's nine percent this year, ten percent last year. So it's like it's like literally the exact same amount. It's just not working as well. You know, I I'm I'm thinking back to the Miami game, which seems like it was a while ago now. But you, you started talking about tight ends. I'm, I'm thinking about Noah Gray, who led the team in receiving yards in that game, and I think it was like 33 yards. So I do wonder at some point if. If you do look at your wide receiver room, which we're going to talk about later and sort of reevaluate and say, okay, like these guys who we were banking on aren't the dudes we thought they were. Maybe it's time to pivot to our strengths, which if they think that the tight end room is that, then it kind of lends itself to what you're just talking about tonight. I definitely think that tight end room is like more of where we need to lean, like the heavy personnel, run run the ball. Because, I mean, like Nate said, that's kind of what changed the Super Bowl last year is when they got Isaiah Pacheco involved. And I think that's what they, they got to get back to. Um, I still think the strength of this team right now is the interior of the offensive line and, and letting them – and it's going to slow down that, that pass rush because, I mean, the Eagles do have a, a formidable front that you got to account for. So, yeah. All right, Maurice, let's stay with you. What is your uh, key for the Chiefs on Sunday? I mean, my my key for the Chiefs to get a victory and come out victorious this Sunday, uh, this Monday night um, is really the defensive backs. If if you look back, you know, and I went back kind of rewatched the Super Bowl before before earlier this week. When you really look back at it and you look at the stat line, the DBs really did not have a great game against the Eagles um, in the Super Bowl. You know, they they gave up some yards. You had Devontae Smith seven catches for a hundred yards, gave up a long one to him for forty five yards. Um, AJ Brown, we know he's been on the tear this season. He gave six receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Even he had a 45 yarder in there. And then the tight end had 66 catches for 60. So, and I think Jalen Hurst was 27 for 38. So, you know, not a lot of incomplete passes forced there. And I think if the Chiefs are going to be able to come out of here and be and have a victory Monday night, their DBs is going to have to play better. Now, Give it the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is a lot better this year than what you've seen in the Super Bowl last year. Um, I think the DBs coming in um, with the extra years of experience behind them, with Trent McDuffie having more games underneath his belt, I think that'll be good. The experience that um, that Legereus Sneed has had now following around the best receivers, and I just think um, Spagnuolo's scheme around top receivers this year has proven to be successful. And I, I don't think we can devalue Justin Reed has been playing much better this year than he's played last year. Right. And Mike Edwards, man, I think, I think what Mike Edwards has brought, he just has a knack for the ball and finding and being in the spaces to hit that he needs to be in. I think you bring all of that together with the play of the linebackers and the defensive line that if the chiefs can find a way to slow down, like you're not going to stop this offense, right? You're not going to stop, you know, you ain't going to shut down A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. There's too many weapons there that you're not going to shut them down. But if they can slow them down, definitely limit, take away. I mean, you get 90 yards up in big plays to two guys. It's not going to turn out well. So limiting those big plays, right, and just um able to lock up, yeah, I think that'll bring home a Chiefs victory. Yeah, the Eagles are interesting this year because we're seeing the defense fall off pretty significantly from a season ago. Yet the offense, save for the Jets game, and if you really want to go back to the first week of the season, but I mean, Jalen Hurts has been dealing 
these last three weeks coming off that Jets loss. Like he looks like he is playing some of the best football that he's played in the NFL. And it'll be really interesting to see in back-to-back games, the Chiefs go up against two of the best offenses in the NFL, but two very different offenses. And it's like, if you just want to look specifically at wide receiver, who's playing better than Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown this season? Like that's probably number one and number two and going up against them in back-to-back weeks. Like, is this the moment where if the Chiefs do what they did against Miami to Philly, all of a sudden they start to get the respect around the league for being an elite defense, the way that we've heard the Browns, the Ravens, the Niners get talked about all season long? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you stop the – I mean, the Eagles are such a problem offensively because you they have two just absolutely dominant wide receivers that threaten, like, vertically deep down the field, but they're such a good offensive line, and Jalen Hurts is a – like, he – provide such a issue when you're trying to stop the run that like they just sort of have like this easy formula that like works because they're just so talented but you know last year I thought the Chiefs did everything they could to stop that I just thought ultimately like the Eagles had like the Eagles were good on offense last year in the Super Bowl the Chiefs did everything they could to stop them but they scored 35 points but this year we've seen the Chiefs defense been a lot better right um we've seen them just become one of the best units in the league so yeah if you come out and you like AJ Brown like AJ Brown is a legitimate case for MVP right now. He is playing out of his mind and Devontae Smith is no slouch either. He's a great player as well. So yeah, if you come out and you uh, limit the Eagles, there's like no question in my opinion that they're, they would be probably considered the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. That kind of brings me to my next point and, and my key for the game for Kansas city. You just kind of alluded to it, Maurice, and we've been talking about it here. The Eagles are not the same team as they were a season ago, but the Chiefs aren't the same team as they were when they met in the Super Bowl. It almost feels like, and maybe this is overstating it, but it feels like these teams have switched roles. Like if I would have told you at the beginning of the year when the Chiefs and the Eagles meet in week 11 that the Chiefs will have an elite defense and the Eagles will have the better offense in this matchup, it would have been a little confusing, but I do feel like that's where we're at right now. Now, you can maybe split hairs between the Eagles offense and the Chiefs offense, but they're ahead of them in most, you know, significant statistical categories. And more than that, they seem to know who they are more than the Chiefs offense does. The Chiefs are still trying to figure that out. And this is the best opportunity Kansas City is going to have on a massive stage where you know Patrick Mahomes typically has played his best football to go up against a team and a defense that is taking a big step back from last year. Last year, number one, especially against the pass, like that was the league's best pass defense. And this year, like, Nate, you would probably know better than I would, but like, is this even a middle of the pack pass defense in Philly this season? Well, what's interesting about Philly is that last year, you know, they were famous for the 70 sacks, right? That the 70 sacks in the season. And there were a lot of questions coming this season being like, is that necessarily like a sustainable model? Uh, for pass defense, like, can you just generate so many negative plays? And their passers is still very good, but it's just inevitable that you can't get 70 sacks again in the season. So when you're not getting those same negative plays, the other warts in your defense start to kind of show up more. Um, you know, they lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They just brought in Kevin Byard, so I think that's a good move. They're kind of weak at linebacker, but I think that's the main difference, honestly, is that they're just not generating the same amount of negative plays and they're not getting people behind the sticks. So then your other kind of warts start to stand out more. This feels weird to say, but (laughs) I think the Eagles in week 11 is a get right opportunity for the Chiefs offense and specifically the passing attack. 
Like we saw last week, it was ugly. The defense stole the show in Germany for Kansas City. You talk about sustainable ways of winning. I mean, having Mike Edwards do a or McDuffie or who who flipped it to Mike Edwards to Brian Cook mm-hmm. for a flip touchdown where he's high stepping into the end zone against like that's not a sustainable model of winning. And this defense has shown that they can sustain this all season long. But I think we would be disingenuous to say that it wouldn't be a little concerning if this is the Chiefs offense that still exists by the time the playoffs start. Yeah, we'll we'll tip our cap to the defense and we'll say like, hey, it's okay. The defense is doing their thing. But we're six years in now to the Patrick Mahomes era. And I'm I'm used to this not just being a good offense. I'm used to this being one of the league's elite offenses. And I still feel like the Chiefs have yet to really put that on tape. What an opportunity it would be on the, this kind of a stage against this kind of a defense, which if you haven't been watching the Eagles all season long, you might think that they're eight and one because the defense is once again, one of the best in the leagues, but it's just not the case this year. Yeah. I, I really think this is that type of game. Um, I think it's about time, you know, for everything to come together. You're coming off the bye week. You really had a chance to really dive in and see as coaches, you will hope and figure out what's going on here with the Chiefs in their offense and their receivers. And I think it's about time where they're going to have to put it all together because, you know, like you said, Nick, as good as the defense has been playing, we need the offense to go to another level if they're going to repeat the Super Bowl champions or even make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, At some point, this offense has to click and have – and think about it, you've seen spurts of it. You know, you've seen spurts where you're like, oh, my God, here we are, we got it, right? And then it just – disappears as 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 a defense makes an adjustment it's like there's no adjustment made back to anything else so i really feel like if if what you see in spurs you can see because like the first you know the, the the 14 points they put up against um the dolphins it looked like the chiefs offense was back and then all of a sudden second half it just you know it just it just went away so if they can get consistent and not just in spurts and you know, the people that you're paying, like the NVS can start connecting downfield, stretching that defense where somebody has to respect it. Um, that's when you see the change. And maybe that person's Miko Harmon. Like maybe just his the threat of his speed and knowing the offense can start to open some more things up underneath where you got to respect some of that long speed. Because I think that's really what's been missing. There's no respect. They, they leave them back there, but it's really no respect for somebody to go make a play back. There. Yeah, and you know, I think you just kind of mentioned this. I'm, I think for the longest time we've been waiting for like a specific guy in that wide receiver room to step up and sort of week after week, the conversation has been, maybe it's Rasheed Rice. Maybe they can get Kadarius Tony going, okay, you brought Nicole Hardman back. Maybe he can do some things. Any of those would be great, but I think I'm beyond the point of like picking a specific guy to say, this is the guy who's about to turn up. This is the guy who's about to figure it out. I'm to the point now where it's like, I don't care who it is. I'll take any of them, quite frankly. Just figure it out. <laughs> just give me someone. But, uh, yeah, I it just – I mean, Kadarius Tony's been on a milk carton. I, I just – somebody, please do something. I'm like, I'm going to poke you with a stick. Please go out there, do something, and get this offense going. All right, let's get to some game predictions, boys. Uh, Maurice, why don't you start us off? How you feeling? Oh, man. I, like, I, I am so torn here. I, like, I, I, I really am. But I think the Chiefs defense shows up. I don't think they show up in a way that's going to hold the Eagles to the the 14 and 17. I think they give up 21. I think you um you give up 21 here. 
And here's me hoping that the offense can can match that and, and beat that by a little bit. I'm going to go 28-21 Kansas City. The current spread is, at last check, Chiefs minus three. The over-under for this, 45 and a half. So gone are the days of every single game the Chiefs playing and automatically being like 48 or above. So, uh, Nate, what are you thinking? Yeah, I know I talked earlier about measuring stick, but like if this is a close game that the Chiefs lose like 27-24, I don't think it's like the end of the world. I, I wouldn't feel that negatively about them, but I actually feel pretty good. Like I think the Chiefs... You know, Andy Reid is so good out of the bye. I think his record's like 18 and three or something like that. I don't have it memorized, but he's just, he's phenomenal off the bye week. And I think the Chiefs are going to look at the last two weeks and start to kind of gather and maybe even simplify what they're doing on offense to kind of just find that like a good mix, a good balance of what they want to be. And I think they're going to come out and look impressive. And while I expect the Eagles to score points, I would take the over on that. I think that is still going to be a game where the defense just played well. They just went against a team that matched them talent-wise. I'm going to go Chiefs 30-27. to 27. I think this could go either way. I think that both teams are going to continue. As long as you know both teams play a really close game, I won't feel very different about them at the end of this. But I, I do think the Chiefs will come out and win this game. I, just, I, I think this is a, te- a game where you've got really interesting storylines on both sides of the ball. But ultimately, I do feel like the Chiefs' strengths – outweigh the Eagles strengths I I think the Chiefs with their elite defense going up against an elite offense that could go either way but ultimately Patrick Mahomes even though the offense isn't as potent and explosive as we're used to seeing I think there is a level of comfort that he can now play with knowing that I don't have to go out there and it's not a race to 35 just for us to get a win and I, I do feel like maybe this is a shift in not necessarily philosophy, but a shift in almost eras of Patrick Mahomes' career, where it's now you're, you're winning in a more typical fashion, not by scoring 35, 40 points a night, but by having a really solid defense. I still think this game, regardless of what he says publicly, will always mean a lot to Andy Reid going up and playing Philadelphia, prime time, coming off a bye. There's just a lot of th- – at home, like there's a lot of things that are lending itself – for me leaning towards the Chiefs. So I'm going to go 24-21 Kansas City. So I am right at that spread. I am right at that over-under. I have, I don't think I've gotten one of these right all season long, but never better time than present. I'm just following Vegas here. Fellas, thank you so much for everybody listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Go Chiefs, Monday night for Maurice Elston. I'm Nate Christensen. Well, he's Nate Christensen. I'm Nick Schwert. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.